This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the No Never Ever podcast. I'm Jamie Smith and joining me today are James, Kevin and Natalie. It's episode 100 of the No Never Ever podcast. There'll be a couple of little special things we'll drop in later in the podcast, but we'll keep them a nice surprise. Um, we are earlier than we said we were going to be. That's due to a scheduling snafu on my part. I'm working when I thought we were going to be recording, so... Uh, the MK Dons match, we're just going to pretend that's not happening and we'll be going over the Middlesbrough FA Cup game as well as the FA Cup draw, which is going to happen um, as we're recording the podcast and we'll preview Brentford and Derby instead. So that's the change of plan on the podcast this week. Natalie, you went to Middlesbrough much better than the league game and a, a really uplifting occasion by all accounts. It was a marvellous day. Um, I still, for the life of me, can't figure out how we won the game, to be honest, because... Um, I'm afraid to report that we were kind of outclassed in uh, many, many parts of the field. Um, first half was was particularly poor, but I'm not going to be negative. I'm not going to draw on that because obviously Deitch had a few words at half time in his own uh, interview. He admitted that. And the second half was a much better performance. And yeah, we had a real party in the stand. It was great. James, we talked last week about the, the possible rotation. I think it was four changes in the end, wasn't it? Andre Gray missed out with, with an injury rather than being rested, as we suggested. But really positive that we can go to the, the best team in the league and win without our best player. Yeah, no, it is really positive to be able to go away from home uh, without Andre Gray and still get a win, um, particularly against such a strong side as Borough. I think some of the changes were quite surprising, though, particularly for me seeing Boyd back in. Um, and from what I heard on the commentary, it sounded like he didn't really offer a lot again, which is um, obviously disappointing because... You'd think he'd want to take an opportunity like that and grasp it. Kevin, well, welcome back to the podcast, first of all. I haven't had your back for a while. Uh, we were all talking last week on the podcast about how we weren't that bothered about a cup run and the league was the priority, but as soon as you win one game in the cup, everyone starts getting a bit more excited about it. Yeah, I think I think, I think think in the big picture, the league's still, the, still the, the, the big priority, particularly um, as we've been a little bit inconsistent of late. Um but winning games, winning games is always a big boost. I think, especially to win, not just at such a good team, but win away from home at such a good team. Because I think we've been, uh, we've been very poor away from home. I think we're kind of something like something mid. I think we're one of the best teams at home if you look at the, the league tables. But away from home, we're very, very mediocre. Um, so it's, it's it's encouraging to see us get a win uh, at a very good team away from home. Um, it would be nice if it happened in the league, um, but hopefully that'll be a big confidence boost to the team and, and, and show what we can do it on the road 
um, uh, and and go away and do it do it again. Um, and, and when we have in the um, future of tests away from home, but I think that that tells the, the priorities for me that I'm taking away not not getting through to the next round of the cup, but the the, the boost it might have to our league our league um, campaign. So that, I think that's just it all for my, my priorities really. I feel the same. I'd rather have the league points, but a cup run can always be good for confidence and good for the fans. We haven't had one for a little while. Um, Natalie Henning's got a chance and, and scored a goal at a really important time as well right at the end of the first half and well taken uh, very much so I was actually really um, I was really impressed with with Henning's on Saturday um, I just very quickly go back to, to what James mentioned just before um, again it's a bit harsh to, to, to dwell on individual players but Boyd was um, absolutely abysmal on Saturday. I think it's probably the worst performance I've ever seen him in a Burnley shirt. Um, on the flip side, the the players that the other players that had came that came in were really really good. Um, Hennings especially, I thought was really great. Um, he he kind of carried on where he left off when he came on against Cardiff. He was very positive, created a lot, was running. Um, running at the, the defence and, and yeah, and I think on another day, you know, he could have scored more than, more than the one that did. I, yeah, really good performance. Another individual to pick out as well, a player that we've not really seen this season because of injury, Frederick Overstad or Brian the Norwegian as he's being rechristened. Yeah, my dad had a few senior moments. I took my dad to the game on Saturday and for some reason he just could not get, and, and I'm, I'm not, you know, fair enough, his surname's foreign sounding. Sometimes, you know, people can trip up over foreign sounding surnames, but Freddie, it's just really not that difficult. So, yeah, he, he had some real problems and, and spent the whole day calling him... Um, Brian the Norwegian so that's that's now what he's known as um he was really good really good performance um to the to the extent where people are now debating what our central midfield combination is going to be I'm not entirely sure that he's going to displace um any of the what I think is good cover um I wouldn't drop I wouldn't drop a fit Marnie for him, potentially Jones, but I think I think we have now genuinely got four good options in the central midfield. He offers something a bit different, doesn't he, James Overstad? He's a bit more creative than the other three, is that fair to say? Um, from the limits that I've seen him, yeah. And, um, you know, I think people were particularly excited when he, he came on in the midfield late in the late last season. Um, though I think people did get a little bit carried away. I think he played for about five minutes at the end of the game and um, everyone was on Twitter saying he was absolutely fantastic and they can't wait to see what he can do in the uh, championship and then obviously unfortunately it was not to be when he, he got injured in pre-season but um, obviously it's good to have someone you know is capable we've now seen what he can do and um, obviously it's a, a big positive knowing that if there is injuries in the midfield we've got someone who can step in I suppose that a manager who was more keen on rotation might be able to make more of of the options we've got, but you sense Dash is going to find his strongest too and, and go with those. Um, Kevin, we've talked about the midfield quite a lot on the podcast recently, but you've not been joining us. What, what are your thoughts as to what the, the strongest pair of the options available? There's Marnie and Jones, who of course were the, the pair a couple of years ago when we got promoted, and Barton and Overstad are the newcomers to the group. Um, yeah, I agree with what you said uh, just a moment ago. It's a bit of a shame that um, Dash isn't so much of a rotator. Um, in fact, that we have got. Um, well, it looks like four four very strong um, central midfielders, and it's a shame that there's only the two of us essentially going to be on the bench most for, for most of the season. Um, I'd like to see um, I'd like to see Mar- Marnie and uh, Marnie and Barton have have, a, have an extended run together. Um, 
I'm a big fan of John's, but I think Marnie gives us that that a little bit of something different. Um, and I think we all, we've always suffered a lot more when Marnie's been out of the team than we have um, when when Jones has been out of the team. Um, and it'd be interesting to see how a, how a dynamic between um, Marnie and Marnie and Barton can would work in, in a long term partnership. Um, so yeah, I'd be I'd be looking forward to seeing that, to, to see how that could develop. Um, I'm not really sure where Jones fits in with that because I don't think he, Jones is the type of player who you're going to bring on to change the game, um, particularly when he. Man, uh, when Marnie and Barton are, are similar-ish to him, um, but it's, it's it's fantastic to have a, a very different option in the middle in in, in Freddie, um, because again it, it's something where Dyches not really have the options that often to to change things from the bench, uh, and particularly in the middle of the field if things aren't going right, then uh, traditionally it's been tough luck. Um, so it's yeah, it's, it's good to have that extra option. Hopefully, if we can have um, Marnie and Barton in the middle. And then, if we need that bit of creativity, if we're struggling to to, to create chances, then we can bring Fred in uh, and just give that very different dynamic to the midfield. Um, that's what I'd like to see. Natalie, you've touched on that the first half performance wasn't the best, but the match winner was Stephen Ward with a, a well taken goal, um, a volley actually. Oh no, not Jamie! Don't go on about Stephen Ward. As soon as I saw that goal win, I thought Jamie's going to be nightmare on the podcast. It was a good job I was at work and quite busy when it happened, otherwise I'd have been quite unbearable on Twitter, I think. <laughs> but Natalie, the fullbacks had a difficult time in the first half, didn't they? Um, for sure, yeah. Um, it was um, it was a really, really, really tough first half. Um, we we were sat there for about. 40 minutes just wondering why in the world similar to you actually Jamie when you went up there in the league wondering why the heck we'd gone all the way up to to Middlesbrough to watch us get absolutely outclassed it was a better second half performance it really was you know obviously whatever um whatever Deitch said to them at half time clearly worked and I think we've touched on this on the pod on the podcast before I think you and I had both said that we got a little bit frustrated with Deitch who refused to come out and say um you know, that was a really poor performance and it's not good enough. You know, he's very positive and all of his, you know, his, his high uh, management talks. He did, you know, he did this time. He came out and said, you you know, it wasn't good enough. I had words and it worked. And I was really pleased to see that. Really pleased. And it, obviously, it, you know, it, it got us the, it got us the, uh, the, the win in the end. It's it's not like Dash to say that, is it, James? He, he's not normally one to, to reveal what he says to his players, but. It's. I, I thought it was quite refreshing that he understood that the first half performance wasn't close to being up to the required level. Yeah, no, he's not normally one to um, you know reveal what he said. Um, in fact, obviously, I think most managers these days don't really reveal anything, do they? Um, so it was interesting to you know to see that he'd revealed you know that he had to give the players some. Um, Tough words at, at half time, um, but obviously, if he can go out and do that, and the players come out the way they did in the second half and get the result, then um, hopefully, it's something he does quite often. Okay, well, the draw for the fourth round has been made on the one show on BBC, bizarrely, um, and Burnley will face a trip to Arsenal. Uh, Kevin, immediate reaction to that, I suppose. It's it's a nice big game and we'll get some money out of it, but a club that we've played a few times recently, so maybe not as exciting as as it could have been. Potentially, but I, I don't. I, I'm not sure how many really exciting games there could be. Really, because I think we've played we've played um, quite a few of the 
of the big big teams. Um, obviously, we played all the big teams in, in the in the league league last year. Um, um, I, I think I think that's a decent draw, really. I think it it's it's better than than many of the draws we can get, really. Because I think, like we were saying earlier, I think it's nice to have that that morale boost in the cup and have a, a bit of excitement. But we don't, I don't want to take, we, don't, we don't want it to take away from the league too much. Um, and perhaps a nice uh, nice way to uh, at Arsenal we can put in a good performance. Hopefully, push them quite strongly. Um, and get some confidence out of that, and and yeah, the chances are we'll get knocked out. But if we can put a good performance in, hopefully that can still give us that confidence boost. But then we can go on and focus on the league. So um, it's much better than some of the uh, lower league teams um, or kind of bottom Premier League clubs we could have had. I think so. Yeah, I'm I'm not too disappointed with that. Hey, looking at some of the other ties, I don't think it's got much chance of being selected for TV. Um, so hopefully ticket price will be reasonable and Burnley fans will be able to go down and have a really good day out at least. Um, James, you'd rather have a home draw, surely? Um, put me on the spot because I, I live a lot closer to London than I do to uh, Generally speaking, though, home, home drawing the Cup's normally better. More chance of winning it if you're at home, for starters. Oh, I guess so, but you know, at the same time, um can be nice to go to a big team's place and do them over in the cup. Obviously, it's not quite as nice as it used to be for us because now we've been in the Premier League a couple of times and we've played at these places um, in you know normal season games. So I think when we were looking up, aspiring to be in the Premier League and, and hadn't been there, it, it was a bigger deal. I think to get the bigger sides, obviously bring them to the turf, and um, I think you get obviously the big attendances. I remember. You know, quite a few years ago now, getting Manchester United a couple of times in the cup, and the turf was absolutely packed. And normally, you'd see maybe twelve thousand on. So, I, I think in the past, definitely, obviously, home draws were a massive draw, and they were a, a real big atmosphere boost. But now we've we've played a few of these teams in the league; they just don't seem to quite have the um, you know the attraction they did. Also, the Emirates has got comfy seats. It does have very comfy seats. I went for the the cup game. Um, was it the promotion season under Kyle and I was a bit annoyed that we stood up for the whole game because paying that sort of money for a, a comfy seat <laughs> I wanted to sit down <laughs> Natalie what's your initial reaction to Arsenal where Arsenal of course won the FA Cup two years running bidding to become the first team in over 100 years I think to win it three years in a row I'm very excited by that draw um, I'm a, I'm a fan of Arsenal anyway I do like the side um, I like the club um, I do like watching them, and I think they are um, a really great side to watch this season. Um, I also went to that game away at the Emirates and was also extremely annoyed that we had to stand up when they have the comfiest seats in the whole world. Um, so yeah, I think it's a I think it's a good draw. It's a good fun draw. It's, you know, it's exciting. We'd have preferred it probably at Turf, but um, the Emirates is a nice ground, and we'll have a nice away day to London, and we'll just have to beat them there instead. I'm sure a lot of people just spy their team when you said you're a fan of Arsenal. Do you just want to clarify that comment? Oh, yeah. Okay, I will, I will just clarify. You see, I'm a little bit torn today because for those who are not in the middle of this podcast, I've been bidding on a signed Andre Gray shirt in the background and it's knocked me off, hence why I'm a bit all over the place today. Um, I am not an Arsenal fan. I just, I am a fan of watching them play. That doesn't make it any clearer. You know so, I think the word you're looking for is admirer. Thank you, James. I am an admirer of Arsenal. I like watching them when I'm not watching Burnley. That'll do. Right, so the next part of the podcast this week, as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, it's episode 100. So we decided to bring back the quiz for one special occasion. I know a lot of people like them miss the quiz, so we're bringing it back 
if you don't like the quiz, then skip the next five minutes or so, and everyone's a winner. Um, so we used to do the quiz when the podcast was live. Obviously, it's not live anymore. It's recorded and edited. So how we're going to do it is um, I've got three questions and a couple of tie breaks in case it's a draw. If you know the answer, shout out your name. This is for the guests, not if you're listening to the podcast. If you're on the tube or on the bus, don't shout out your name, otherwise you're going to look a bit mental. Um, but yeah, shout out your name if you know the answer, and I'll come to you, and I'll be the judge. So is everyone ready? Everyone clear on the rules? You're... I'm not 100% clear what we're doing. Shout my name out. Shout your name out if you know the answer, and then Excellent. I'll come to you. Okay, cool. Right, so obviously, make, make sure you're unmuted, otherwise I won't be able to hear you. <laughs> Hopefully this is going to work. Right, so the first question. The first ever episode of the No One Ever podcast went live in August 2013. So that's two and a half years ago now. Burnley drew one all with Bolton on the opening day of the season. That's what the first podcast was about. But who scored Burnley's goal that day? James. James. I feel like I've overcommitted now. Um, yeah, I've overcommitted. Oh, he doesn't know the answer. I, you know, the problem is we played Bolton at the beginning of the seasons far, far too often. Yes. So I've immediately thought about a Bolton game. You're going to have to guess. You, you... I'm about three years too early. Um, for time, just guess. In your honour, I'm going to say Junior Stanislas. It was not Junior Stanislas. Anyone else want to buzz in? What was the year? Twenty thirteen. So two and a half years ago, it was a one-one draw. I'm gonna guess. No, I'm not. I'm gonna guess Shackle. Nope. Kevin, then you get the last go. A shocking guess. Uh, um, I don't know. Wallace. No. <laughs> Right, you're, you're all going to get one more guess, and I've given you a clue. So it's the, the first day of the opening season, the season we got promoted under Dyche. August 2013, it was one all. Kevin Ings. Ings is sort of correct. You can have the point, but it was actually a David Wheat, your own goal. It went down as an own goal eventually. Thank God for that. Somebody got it right. <laughs> How's that supposed to get that? question. It wasn't that. I was going to give you the point for Danny Ings, and no one guessed Danny Ings, even though he scored like all of our goals that season. Well, do you know why I, I was like, "Oh, I know the answer," because I immediately thought back to the first time we played Bolton at home when Owen Coyle came, and I was like, "Wait, wait!" And then I remembered you said 2013, and I was like, "Oh, that's ah, a problem." Right. Well, hopefully, if next... anyone guessed who we to be, should have actually won like a season ticket or something because. Well, uh... there's, no, there's no prizes, so don't, don't promise me. There's no prizes for the quizzes. There's a lot of shame at risk here as well, I would like to point out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the, I'm looking at the other questions. I think the other questions are easy. That's uh, that's 1 0 to Kevin. So the question two is coming up. Which player did I once hear on the No Name Ever podcast weirdly hail the attractiveness of? Uh, James. James. That was Brian Stock. It was Brian Stock. I thought you'd get that one right because you were also a massive fan of Brian Stock. Not of his looks, but his football ability. <laughs> so his football ability. So that's one point for Kevin, one point for James. Natalie, you are lagging behind, way behind. <laughs> You're embarrassing yourself. I know. The final question, then question three. So if Natalie gets this right, it's going Rumble, to be please. very tie-break scenario. Otherwise, I'm feeling the pressure. James or Kevin is going to be the winner. Question three, the final question. 
who was the winner of the Northern Ever Burnley Express Player of the Season Award for 2013-14. So the same season. Kevin. Yeah. Kevin. Was it Shackle? You organised this. Oh! It was Jason Shackle. Kevin wins the quiz. No! I was really hoping Kevin had known the answer to that one because didn't Kevin actually organise the man and the, uh, the uh, he was involved in the organisation. I'd like to thank my mum. I'd like to thank um, <laughs> my dad for introducing me to Burnley. Um, I'd like to thank thank J- Jason Shackle for being um, Jason Shackle's probably not listening. Uh, a good football before he turned into a. D- <laughs> um, I'd like to thank <laughs> Cuts. Where, where's the orchestra? <laughs> I'm gonna blame my agent. <laughs> My incompetence. <laughs> well, I, I've got tiebreak questions ready, so we might as well do those, but we're playing for fun now. Kevin's already won. Oh, I, 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 I paid him off, so... Oh, really? <laughs> I was just about to say my name when you said yeah. it, and I was like, no, he's got it! <laughs> I just want to give Natalie a chance to get a point because I just feel bad for a terrible oh. performance on the first. Good so, so these, these questions are their mission, not get Natalie a point. <laughs> no, stop it! <laughs> right, so the first tiebreak question... I think this is quite a tough one. I'd be impressed if, definitely, if Natalie gets this stuff. Don't think she used to be on the podcast when this was a thing. Um, what's the name of the band that used to soundtrack the podcast? James. James. I I know half of it now, but I've forgotten. Was it Ring Ring Rouge? Yes, Ring Ring Rouge is the answer. It was um, an editorial decision by Adam to, to not have that music on the podcast anymore. I, I was split <laughs> between whether it was Red Rouge, Red Red Rouge, or when I, when I was looking it up, I thought it was Ring Red Rouge, but it's yeah. Ring Ring Rouge. Got it right. So the final question, the final tiebreak, final chance for Natalie to get a point. <laughs> what was the name of the known and ever Derby Day film? I can't believe Kevin hasn't got this. Kevin made the film with me. Oh, I can see it. I've got this. I'm just, I'm just pretending not to for Natalie's sake. No, no, this is so bad. I can see Thomas it. Thomas Pickles like, wrote and, and read did. out the poem. And I'm going to cry because I can't remember it. And I can see it. It's right in front of my eyes. No! I'm such okay, a fan. Kevin right. put Natalie out of the misery. It's uh, We Are These People. It was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got no more questions alright so Kevin wins the quiz Natalie definitely loses the quiz I'd like to apologise to my mum for being a <laughs> so yeah that, that was the, the comeback for the quiz on the non Another podcast it, it won't be a regular thing because I'm really bad at writing questions as you've just learned over the last few minutes of the podcast uh, moving on then we're going to look ahead to the next couple of games coming up before the next podcast Brentford away on Friday night in front of the Sky Cameras uh, a little subplot, of course, not just the fact that Andre Gray will be returning to his old club, but our reported interest in James Tarkovsky. doesn't seem to have been much movement on that since we were last on the podcast where it seemed like we'd had a bid turned down. Uh, Tarkovsky is reportedly interested in a move, so it's just a case of sorting out a fee, probably. Um, Natalie Brentford away, it's quite a tricky game, but... One that you'd probably back us to do reasonably well in, especially when Gray will be out to impress in front of his old club. Yeah, for sure. I think we uh, we did touch on this last week, I think, didn't we? And we said that we expect it to be quite a comfortable win. Um, saying that, you know, this this team has been throwing up a few surprises, um, both positive and negative this season. So um, I think they'll be um, 
high, you know, high in confidence after a really good win away um, at Middlesbrough, albeit in the cup. And that's the first time that we've beaten anybody in the current top eight of the championship this season. So it just proves that they have got it in them. Um, I think if they'd have had a second half as bad as the first half, and I'd be a little bit more worried. But yeah, I'm expecting a comfortable win. Tarkovsky transfer has a, a potential to maybe overshadow the game, James, especially if it's still hanging on. Would you expect him to play if there's still all these stories about him potentially moving to Burnley? I guess that depends entirely on how much there is in the stories, you know, whether they actually are accurate and and we are taking as much interest as we're led to believe. Um, but I think it's pretty unusual, really, isn't it, for teams to, to not play someone unless it, it's almost certain to go through. So I'd say if he doesn't play, then um, expect a, a picture of him holding a Burnley scarf on uh, Monday morning. Certainly want to keep an eye on the, the future of James Tarkovsky, potential new signing. Um, Kevin, Andre Gray's away form, we've, we've talked about on the podcast before, he's only scored one goal away from home for Burnley. I suppose a return to Griffin Park would be an ideal chance to, to start putting that record right. Uh, it would, yeah. Um, it's a slight concern because I think that's... It, it'd be interesting to, to think about whether our waveform is poor because he doesn't score or he doesn't score because our waveform uh, is poor. It's interesting to think which... which it's like the chicken and egg, really, I suppose, isn't it? Um, but yeah, if we are to if we are to pick up that that away form, which we we really need to do if we're going to um, win promotion, then this, like I say, this is an ideal opportunity to do it. A game of a little bit extra bite for him, a uh, little bit extra motivation. It's not just a business as usual game, and hopefully he can he can bag bag one one or two, um, and that can really set his 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 form away from turf more alight. Um, so it's, it's incredible, really, how many goals he's scored considering how. How how poor he's been away from home in terms of goal, um, and you've got to think if he can start play start scoring goals away from home um, like he's doing at the turf, then um, we're in for a, a, a fantastic season. You've got to get you've got you've got to um, got to guess. Hopefully, um, you know those lack of goals aren't playing on his mind too much, um, and if he can get a goal here, um, then yeah, that could be the start of things to come. Hopefully. We are we are assuming that Gray will be back in the team, of course. Hennings scored a goal to potentially put a bit of pressure on. He's got that broken finger that kept him out of the trip to, to Middlesbrough, but it'd still be a shock if if Gray didn't go straight back into the side, wouldn't it, James? Um, no, definitely a shock. Um, you know, it could actually be that, considering how Hennings played, maybe um, it's Hennings and Gray that we we get to see on Friday. I mean, that would probably be the you know the the best. What's the word? Compromise of um, you know obviously getting your, your top scorer back in and, and rewarding someone for a good performance away from home. Because I think Henry has been has been growing into a going into the side. I think a, a little bit more in the last few months. I think he's taken quite a while to settle, uh, which is probably understandable. Um, coming to a to a new country, a whole new style of play, really. Um, but I think the more he's uh, in his limited appearances, I think he has been showing. Uh, a few more nice touches, touches all the time, um, and yeah, it, it'd be nice to see him um, get a bit of a run. I think he's like you say, he got the goal um, a couple of weeks ago, and now he's he's got another goal, another goal here. And it was a, it wasn't the prettiest finish, but I think it was nice, um, um, kind of porches finish, really. And I think Vox has got quite a few assists, uh, assists lately, lately. But if he, he's not getting the goals, which we'd like him to, so. Yeah, I agree with James. I'd be quite happy to see um, to see Henning get in there and see 
if now he's starting settling a little bit more, um, if he can add more goals to 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 the game than uh, than Vox is doing, particularly uh, away from home, as we've got essentially two strikers on the road who just aren't scoring. I saw someone today actually suggest that, that Hennings and Volk should continue, that you don't change a winning team, I think. If you pay six million quid for a striker and he's the top scorer in the league and then you start leaving him out, I think that's that's a bit ludicrous. To round off the podcast this week then, we're going to have a, a best bits package from the, the 100 episodes of the No No Never podcast. That will round off the show this week, but as ever, we'll, we'll leave you with some predictions. Um, Kevin, we'll start with you then. We did predictions for MK Dons on the podcast last week. So Brentford away, Friday night in front of the Sky cameras. Expecting Burnley to go to West London and get a win? 2-1, Andre Gray. It's a very safe prediction. James, are you back on the Andre Gray hat-trick bet bandwagon? Oh, yeah, Andre Gray. Is, he hasn't. We, we talk about him not scoring enough at home. This is practically a home game, just a previous home. That's very so, good logic. You can't argue with that logic. Andre Gray hat-trick, Burnley 3-0. And Natalie, are you sticking with the older, the negative, uh, what were you hey. calling it? <laughs> negative Natalie. What were you calling it? The, um, the deliberate jinx there. I can't remember what you were calling it. Oh, it's the uh, reverse psychology. Reverse psychology. Hey, you say that. It's been working. I did it again against Middlesbrough. <laughs> I just tweeted. No we one predicted we were going to win at Borough, did we? So, no. yeah. Well, yeah, obviously. So, yeah, I'm going I'm to go and... I, you know we should stick to it it's proved to be one of the most effective strategies that we've employed this season is my reverse psychology so I'm going to say we're going to lose 3-2 thanks for for listening to the podcast this week thanks to Kevin James and Natalie for joining us as I said it's been 100 episodes so a big thank you as well to everyone who's listened and, and everyone who's joined on the podcast everyone who joined in when we were recording it live as well if we didn't get any positive feedback or anyone saying that they enjoyed it we basically wouldn't do it so thanks to everyone who's been in touch over the last two and a half years and here's to another hundred episodes of the non and ever podcast maybe but as mentioned we are going to round off with some of the best bits um no doubt if you've listened to the podcast regularly some of these will be familiar um some of the the times we've messed up and some of the times when ridiculous things have happened on the podcast so enjoy this and we'll be back next week goodbye So we are going to take this opportunity to bring you edited snippets from our chat with Burnley's Chief Executive Lee Hoos and Chief Operating Officer David Baldwin. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get a lot more detail on what exactly went wrong, but we did get some insight on how transfers work at Turf Moor, who's responsible for what says what Lee and David had to say about transfers. Process-wise, how it works is manager says, I'm looking for this position. Recruitment department says... You know, here, here are the players we have on the radar screen. So you go out and say, like him, don't like him, like him, like him, don't like him. Not me. I don't say that. The manager says, like him, yeah, oh, let's try and get, get these guys in. And then we try and get a deal over the line. Now, the problem is, it takes two, um, three people to make a deal happen. Us, the selling club, and the player. Um, so th- three different deals have to, have to come to light. Clark Carlisle is with us. Good evening, Clark. Good evening. The flip side to that was that the training regime was one of the most unprofessional I've ever worked in. Um, Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. All all we did was skills games and crossing and shooting where if you didn't put it on a plate for Owen so that he could score, then you got got (laughs) telling off. And we used to play these games for cans of pop uh, and do crossing and shooting for cakes. And whoever lost had to bring a tray of cakes in and a crate of pop the day before the next game. So we got promoted (laughs) on Monday and Friday 
eating Krispy Kremes and drinking Iron Brew. Do you think Burnley are the finished article? <laughs> a long season. <laughs> Take it scam as it comes. Thanks, Sean. Back to you, Jeff. Wow. I'm, I'm glad we could <laughs> play that because uh, I'm dying. Extremely, <laughs> extremely funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he does sound quite like the Cookie Monster. I think that just adds to it. Snaff, end off. Thanks for that um, excellent, excellent analysis of Brainstock. Just one of the points I want to make about Brainstock, going back to something Gemma said earlier that we didn't mention. She said about Sam Volks, he's going to be the eye candy for the girls this season. That's an interesting point. I don't think he's that good looking personally, but maybe, maybe others will disagree feel free to throw in your best looking Burnley players but I would have Brian Stock up there I think he's a very good looking man play rubbish and still win um, our luck was going to run out at some point and it, well, it has to we will get you to um, your destination tonight <laughs> <laughs> hi Kev right. um, sorry hello I'm back <laughs> really <laughs> your, your train announcement which was quite comical With and this is speaking as dispassionately as possible. I think James Bird's on a paraglider at the moment. <laughs> James, James um, Bird's adventures. I'm on a bike. <laughs> Broadcasting from a bike. Brilliant. Back to you, oh, Bob. <laughs> um, oh man, tornado's coming now, lads. Um, <laughs> it's, oh no, this isn't good. I think, we might have to wrap up. I think we might have to wrap up because I'm really I think, I think James might have to get off. <laughs> <laughs> I think James is causing your tornado. Do you know what? I don't know whether I can mute Skype from my headset or not. But uh, I'm just going down a big hill, so it'll get a lot quieter in a minute. I'm sure like <laughs> this is ridiculous. I'm, I'm on the flat at the moment, just so yeah. <laughs> That is someone's that's someone's dog. <laughs> oh my god. Oh James Bird getting fucked up by a dog on the Don't End of a podcast. Oh I've heard it all now. I think I just lost a cat behind me as well. My cat just fell off a cupboard. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.